Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel Schrader. And I'm Alex Abad Santos, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Hello, listeners. Uh, so happy to be here on mic today. Rachel is still enjoying her time off, but don't worry, she will be back next week. In the meantime, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vox Senior Correspondent Alex Abad Santos. Hi, Alex. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming let's, on. I mean, let's hope that there's something for Rachel to come back to because I don't want to mess this up for anyone. <laughs> so Rachel is out, but that means that I get a chance to ask and answer a question that she poses to all of our guests. Alex, do you think Jesus was canonically hot? Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I grew up Catholic and it was just like, oh. you, right. And it was, I went to Catholic grade school. I went to Catholic college um, and my parents made us go to church like every Sunday. And it was like, even on vacation. So it's just like, we saw like a bunch of just shirtless Jesus wherever, like growing up. And so, yes, I think Jesus was probably pretty hot. I'll, I don't know <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but Perfect. you took me, you're the one who took me to church. Hey, and I have my dad to blame because he is a minister. And so uh, <laughs> I also grew up with a lot of Jesus imagery. My opinion, uh, Rachel's is that he's just mid. He's like not actually attractive, but there's something right. about him. And so for me, I think that he looks like Jeremy Allen White. I think that he is what we at Slate would call dirty hot. Yes, absolutely. Well, every I feel like everyone back then was probably a little dirty hot. Like, oh, you're for just like, sure. Well, you're literally dirty. Yeah, you're literally quite dirty. But you know who was like, just like a baddie? Like Mary Magdalene was like Ooh. definitely just like the hottest. Like, you you know are that, so right. You know that like every other girl was like quaking when she walked in because you were just like, oh no, it's Mary. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she has like that mean hot girl energy that... Yes, she, w- she was that era's Kim Kardashian. Yes. <laughs> um, great. Well, now that we've answered that question that Rachel always asks, we can get into the rest of the episode. And uh, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, we love talking scams. They've been big news in the last couple of years with people like Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes. But like every other trend, there's always little subsets that really only flourish within a community, which is way too true about gay scams. So that's why I brought Alex here today. Today, we'll be talking about sinister gays. We know gays have always been evil, but that streak really seemed to reemerge with a force as we closed out last year. So that's what we're here to talk about. And after a quick break, we'll be back to talk gay scams, hookup apps, and George Santos. Tired? 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Right before the holidays, we got a DM from Mortimer Goth on Twitter asking us a question. Topic request. There's this thing on gay Twitter about a guy, at Mike Cam, who appears to have lied about, well, everything. It's like super messy, but sounds stupid fun. Thanks. Well, Mortimer Goth, it is super messy and stupid fun. <laughs> I think everyone, every homosexual man on the internet probably saw some version of this go down or saw some part of it go down. And it was so messy, so just kind of juicy, but also like inconsequential like it was kind of harmless because it was just like well no one really got hurt no one's like really like the worst thing that happened it was like some bad dates maybe some like little resume padding like but there was no like giant consequence with which like i think like makes it fun right yeah it was a nice little christmas present for us <laughs> it was uh so on sunday december 18th a guy named mike well we assume his name is mike uh who claims to be a software engineer tweeted out Came out to my fam this weekend, smiley emoticon. And the tweet took off. By Monday morning, it had garnered so much engagement that the mediocre website, LGBTQ Nation, published a piece about the outpouring of support from fellow white gays. And uh, before we get into where this is going, I just roll my eyes so much at like gays coming out nowadays on Twitter. I'm just like, <laughs> we get it. Well, it's also like, I think if, you're already, if you've already come out, why do you need to do it on Twitter? Because it's just like, well, like, I mean, if you like the people that should know and that it mattered to most, if you actually did come out, you told them in real life, right? Like, why do you like, it's kind of weird to come back on Twitter to a bunch of internet strangers and say that you did this thing. It very much is, especially when after you come out, you realize that everybody else already knew and you're just like, oh, cool. Oh, which, which is how I came out. Yeah. <laughs> likewise, likewise. <laughs> anyway. 
Not all of his followers were as naive as these congratulatory gays. They'd seen these claims on his feed before, and they came with receipts, which as a Virgo, I was thrilled to read. A quick search of his past tweets revealed a tweet from 2019 where he said, I came out to family today, and it was so chill. I totally forgot it happened, lol. And when called out on it, he claimed the 2019 coming out was to his cousins, not his parents. Except then user at BetBench replied with a screenshot of a Mike Cam tweet from 2021 where he said, Just reached out to the second person I ever kissed to let them know that they're the reason I came out to my parents, and in turn rekindled a friendship. Growth. So clearly, this man just kept coming out for attention. His pinned tweet was, I need validation from strangers or I will die, which, like, relatable. But I mean, <laughs> the whole idea of like Twitter and social media is that we will die. We need validation. It's, it's like Tinkerbell, like, please clap for me so I can survive. So, yes, I felt I fully believe it's completely relatable, fully believe in it. I just don't know if I would ever put those two those words out into the universe in that order. No, uh, the <laughs> irony with which he thought he was tweeting was not there. <laughs> no. So as people poked holes in his coming out story, it quickly became clear that his online persona was mostly fabricated. He didn't go to the schools he claimed to go to, like Harvard, or work at the places he claimed to work, like Squarespace. But then we got to what I found to be the most unsettling part of the story, which is that a Twitter user revealed that this man had an AI chatbot set up on Grindr to message men and even had it trained to initiate conversations with faces he found attractive. This, this is wild to me. I, was, I didn't know how to process this. I just don't even know where to start with that because I feel like, wow, can you imagine getting that many grinder messages that you have to set up like an AI filter for it? Like, I don't. Like, I, I can't imagine that. Oh, no, I don't think that's what's happening. See, oh. I think it's the opposite, Alex, is that he, because he, they're initiating, like, they're initiating messages with men that he might find attractive. So he's playing the numbers. He's just, like, rolling the dice. Oh. I'm going to message as many people as I can. And then whoever gets back to me that I also then find hot and not just my AI finds hot, I will then message them. Oh, well, then that's even, like, weirder. It's also, like, it kind of feels like you're using the power of coding for evil. Yes. I mean, welcome to uh, capitalism in America. Coding for evil. Like, like, don't you think it would be funny? Like, quote unquote funny. But like the whole idea of like, everyone's so afraid of AI. And it was just like, imagine if everyone was just like the AI that started it all. Like the singularity was a grinder bot, like a grinder chat AI. And it was just like, oh, like humanity had a nice run until this person invented the grinder AI, which took us all over and then like set off all the nuclear weapons. And now that we live in a nuclear winter. Even the singularity is a sinister gay. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, keeping on theme. So this led to people sharing their negative real-life experiences with him, and while in some ways it felt vindicating to see him get taken down after hearing how he misrepresented himself, I can't help but feel a little twinge of sympathy for him. Like There's... how much sympathy? <laughs> Not much. Like how very, much? Very little. Like, if you caught a spider and you were just like, well, should I let him out? Like, is it like that much or is it like even less than that? Yes, I think it's probably like a, a spider sympathy where Got it. part of me feels bad for him simply because like at a certain point it turned from like, oh, this guy is misrepresenting himself to like people airing their personal grievances with him online. Um right. 
And that's like where I started to feel uncomfortable. Like there was this one guy who told a story about how he like wasted his Toronto Film Festival tickets on this guy. And that sucks. But like, I don't need to know that. The public doesn't need to know that. That's just like. I'm kind of nosy, though. I kind of love that. Like for those like out of the loop, TIFF like is Toronto International Film Festival is kind of like a a buzzy little film festival. And it was just kind of like when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, this guy gets around. He gets to Canada. He gets to go to see movies. And then you're just like, well. I mean, I'm I I I probably didn't need to know this in my life, like it, like when everything ends and whatever. I'm probably not gonna be like, oh, like I'm glad I knew about the TIFF tickets. But me being kind of nosy and kind of living on the internet, I was like, yes, I absolutely love this. Tell me more. Tell me more about like there was just like someone else that was like, oh, like he bought himself. <laughs> like I took this man on a date. I had to pay and then we went to an Apple store and then he bought himself AirPods and you're just like, what is this behavior? I love that. It's awful. What a monster. And then it's just like self-immolation at some point, right? Because then you're just like, why are you telling people how this man played you? Exactly. Like, I think with like any time you come (laughs) with a personal story about the main character of the day, I think you have to do some calculus of like, is this going to make me look bad? Is this going to make the other person look bad? Am I just going to be embarrassed? You need to sit in every character's <laughs> shoes. Right. Speaking of sinister gaze, we have to talk about George Santos. I mean, do we have to? We have to. <laughs> well, we have to because he's the new camp icon. I mean, do we We don't want to necessarily... Yes. Yes, yes. Absolutely. A, a, he, he is an icon of a sort. Oh, certainly. I... I in no way support him, but also like there's something about him that's just like a chaotic mess that I love. Yeah, because I think like the whole thing, right, is uh, sometimes things are so bad that they turn in like it's like the horseshoe theory. Like it comes back around to being good. Like something Oh, it's like when we first heard about George Santos, uh, the congressman elect from Long Island who fabricated pieces of his resume, fabricated maybe like being Jewish that maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that wasn't real and it's like when it first started coming out we were just like oh no oh no oh no and now it's like looping back around to like I can't stop watching this like this gay scammer is something I cannot get enough of and I want to know more of and now he's just like he's in, he's he's at congress and no one wants to be his friend no, and I I feel sad for him about that partially because like he's very much an Eeyore character it seems. Yeah, he is. He's like walking around with like a little backpack and like he's being hounded by reporters being like are you going to resign? Are you going to resign? Are you going to lie? I mean, obviously lying to people, lying to your constituents is a pretty terrible thing to do. I don't feel bad for him because this is the bed that uh this is the bed he made. Or the bed he stole from Brazil. <laughs> or the bed that he, yes. The bed he made up about sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, obviously, this story didn't really start out as an internet story, um, but mm-hmm. it does have all the trappings of a classic gay scam artist. He's the untalented Mr. Ripley, if you will. Um, but the reason that like it was immediately online for me is because... The New York Times published their story on the same day that, like, the Mike Cam drama went down. Right. And so I encountered people who were confused and getting their, like, wires crossed and thought that George Santos was the person scamming people with AI bots on Grindr. I mean, if you were going to tell someone, right, like, hey, 
Like if you ta- if you were going to tell someone that doesn't live on the internet, like, hey, there's this gay guy that lied about his where he went to school. He lied about like all this stuff about where he worked and he worked at these powerful companies. You'd be like, is that Mike Cam or is that George Santos? I don't know. Fair, fair. The beginning of that description, <laughs> they are the same. Um, <laughs> The only the, the only difference is that one got elected to Congress, <laughs> and one just isn't running yet. Yeah, um, <laughs> one just isn't running yet. Uh, but the online creature that Santos makes me think the most of is the pick me gay. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Heaven forbid if I ever get called a pick me gay. <laughs> <laughs> So pick me gays, if you don't know what those are, are people who are not like other gays and are basically happy to dismiss or trash something queer if it means that they're going to get picked by a person whose attention that they desire. I see it all the time with people desperate for hot men to like them online. And it's such a bummer. Oh, my gosh. It's the well, it's also like I think you have to explain that there's like this whole culture of like the Internet of like a man a very attractive man will post, a very attractive homosexual man will post a picture of himself. And probably his abs really is great looking. Probably. <laughs> the cap- And then the caption will be just like horrific. Like the caption, working on my mental health today. Yeah. And then if you look at the replies and it's like, oh my God, good for you. You're so brave. And it's like all these people down in the replies just waiting to be picked waiting to be plucked out in the the off chance that he will respond and maybe sleep with them? Like, I mean, who knows, right? Like, that's the whole existence of a pick-me-gay is to kind of just, like, shoot your shot into the ether. Yes. Um, God, I mean, honestly, it's making me think about the people who were tweeting uh, at Mike Cam about their, like, personal grievances where it's like, you're telling on yourself in a way that you're not aware of. Right. Same thing. I'm sure like with Mike Cam, like even when people were like, wow, this guy is lying. He is lying about coming out. Here are all the tweets he has tweeted in previous years, in previous Christmases about coming out. There were still people in their replies being like, oh, you're so brave. Oh, my gosh. People are people are being so mean to you. Oh, my gosh. And it was just like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And like attaching like this to your being. Is it really worth it? They were inventing so many narratives to, like, try and justify why he would have done this or, like, how it makes sense that it's just, like, guys. I mean, once you start rationalizing for someone, you're you're in deep, right? Never rationalize for other people. Yeah. It's like with me and Henry Cavill. I'm like, well, you know what? He had a... Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Alex, I'm so upset about Henry Cavill. You don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? He just he just made a bad business decision. He made he was he didn't know what he was doing. Like it's just a lot of just like, well, maybe he's just not that good of an actor. Maybe like it's like when you just refuse when you just rationalize it all away and you're just like, I want to cut this person so many breaks. That is the that is the essence of being a pick me. So true. And I mean, hey, pick me, Henry Cavill, pick me. Not anymore, obviously. <laughs> this podcast is not about Henry Cavill, even though it could be. I would happily talk about him for hours. Yeah, we're just two little pick-me's. You know what? As much as we get rag on pick-me's, we're just two little pick-me's for... Right. You just need to find the pick, <laughs> the, the person you want to pick you. Yeah. And the person that George Santos wants to be picked by is the Republican Party. Pick me. Pick me. Look. Pick me. So it's really funny that like George Santos seems desperate to be picked by the Republican Party because after... 
I don't know how many rounds of voting we're on at this point. I'm sure they're still going. Oh um, my gosh, yes. But it just seems like watching all of this go down, and it's definitely fun to watch like some of the video and stuff. Nobody wants to talk to him. Everybody is like running from him, keeping their distance, trying to like not actually be associated with him. And it's it's kind of funny uh, to see like all the photos and stuff. Slate actually even published two different pieces about like the tragic comic state of him or whatever. Like he is this tragic comic character that like I would love to watch a movie about. I like I want the story of in a way. But uh, do you do you really? Let's be. I mean. Who who is playing George Santos in your in the movie that you want to see? Ben Platt. <laughs> is it a musical? I could be into it if it was a little bit of a musical. Why not? Sure. To be fair, Dear Evan Hansen is about another scammer. Although yeah. he is not a homosexual scammer. Am I nervous that George Santos might be a Brazilian psyop? Maybe. He is still wanted for check fraud, so who knows. But uh I don't mean to sound like I'm on George's side because he's an alarming addition to the house, but he's so utterly feckless that I'm just like, bless your heart, George. And I'll never get over the fact that he's just one year older than me. Wait, how old is he supposed to be? Alex, he's 34. Oh, man. I don't believe this, though. Like, you know what? Who can say? Oh, exactly. I mean, if we're not to believe anything else he said, there's no way I'm believing that he's told the New York Times that he's 34. That's actually true. Right. I I think the whole thing is almost like this person has lied so much that they're a cartoon. So it's just like, I think there's almost no person there to feel for me. I think (laughs) only speaking for me personally, I kind of feel like there's like not really a real person under there. So it's hard for me to feel sympathy for this person that made up everything and won an election from it and was like gonna get away with it but like he's he's in congress like it's not like <laughs> he almost made it and we caught him we caught him but he's there like i'm there's not much we could do about it now granted right. there are things but you know what i mean like i don't know we didn't catch him soon enough we can just complain on the internet and make memes i guess for now yes well we're gonna take a break to go come up with some memes asking george santos to resign and when we get back we'll be talking about the darker side of gay scams both on grinder and in real life When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, listeners. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. We're thrilled to have you. 
In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays, so make sure you never miss an episode, like this past Wednesdays where Nadira and Daisy talked all about fandoms. It's such a blast. And we're back. So I think it's still wild to deploy chatbots on Grindr for anything but money-making schemes, but I guess even hooking up is a numbers game at a certain point. But I'll be honest, I don't even think of Grindr as a hookup app anymore, so much as a scam app. What about you, Alex? Um, I prefer Scruff. I do a lot better on Scruff for some Same. reason, even though I cannot grow facial hair. I do, and I feel like it's less scammy. I don't know. I've never been, I, I think it's because I'm just kind of lazy. It's I've never really been scammed. <laughs> I'm lazy and discerning. And it's just like to get to like ever, like, I guess, finagle a hookup out of me, like the stars need to align. And I'm just kind of like, well, I'd rather just be at home eating like a Chipotle burrito watching Real Housewives than like Ugh, the dream, than like maybe getting flaked on at like 10 p.m. Oh, yes. So. <laughs> and we all know what that's like. I have not been scammed either, though I was recently almost scammed. I mean, almost. Wait, in that, tell like, me more. Tell me. Tell tell me everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to pull up the chat, so I'm sure I could. Um, but I was just messaging with this guy who was like, I don't know, a mile away on Grinder, And so I was like, OK, so far, this doesn't feel like this all feels le- legit. And there was nothing giving me like a warning sign that he was a scammer there was no there was no spelling mistake there was no like weird ask to move to a second app so quickly or anything like that <laughs> and he was sending like pictures of himself not like dirty pictures but just like photos of himself that like i don't know they all look like the same person etc it nothing felt uh-huh. weird about it and so he, right. we made plans for him to come over great cool and then he's like you know what man i just need some money for gas wait where do you live i live in crown heights brooklyn and so oh. i was just like Sure. Sure you do. You're like, wait, can you just take, what is it? The C train? The C train, the the four (laughs) five, you could take the two, three, whatever you need to take to get here. There's lots of access. See, I kind of would have seen, I would have wanted to see, be like, oh, I like Venmo, you like $2.50. Or let's split, let's split your C train. (laughs) So you would have gotten scammed is what you're saying. (laughs) I would have gotten scammed. Because he would have gotten 250, which is more than he had to begin with. Also, isn't it 275 now? 275. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, as soon as he, like, said he needed money for gas, I was like, oh, okay. Nope. Sorry. Thanks. We just, like, (laughs) ended our messaging. But I was, it was just so disappointing, but also unnerving because of how real it felt. Because, like, for so long, it seemed, I mean, grinder scams are not new. No, 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 no. I mean, there's the scam of just like someone using pictures and then they show up and you're just like have to have that awkward, whoo, like yeah. the awkward, like, oh, well, this is not, this is not what we agreed upon. Yes. <laughs> but like, we're talking, like, we're talking about like scam scams, like here, like I, I'm taking your money scams, right? Oh, totally. I mean, I think right. they're all in a continuum because uh, right. like we talked about earlier, like with Mike Cam and stuff, that definitely is more of the like misleading who you are versus like mm-hmm. just trying to steal from you. And so, yeah, yeah. I think like they're all, all sorts of those have been going on for years. Ever since we got social media, people have been using it to like pretend that they are other people. And like 
I've been getting asked for iTunes gift cards on Grindr since I joined it. So like, I get it. But uh, okay, so I mean- <laughs> let me ask you what pictures you're using because <laughs> what if you just look rich? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, I love the idea that I might look rich. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> if people, if multiple people are asking, I would say, I would say, like maybe I know that's like correlation versus causation, but like, <laughs> what if the picture you just look extremely, very, very wealthy in your profile photo? After the pod, we can look at my uh, profile and <laughs> figure out what photos I shouldn't be using. Anyway, these like scams fall under the larger umbrella of romance scams, which we've definitely talked about before. The Tinder swindler is like classic example of that. And according to the FTC, $547 million was reported lost in 2021 due to romance scams. And that's up 80% from 2020 and uh, adds up to a total of $1.3 billion lost in the last five years on these alone. And of course, like this is just a small subset of them, the grinder scams and the gay scams like this, but like this is a problem that everybody's dealing with, and it's unnerving. And in doing research for this episode, one of the first things I came across was a post from the AARP warning about sextortion scams on dating and hookup apps, and that was a bummer. When I was at home for uh, for the holidays, I was uh, I was like watching the local news, and it was like I think there was a local news story of a woman that was like, "Oh, like I fell in love with a man, and I sent him thirty thousand dollars." She's older, obviously, and I'm like. And then I immediately looked at my mom and I looked at my dad and I was like, I cannot let these people scam. Like, it, heaven forbid that something happens to one of my parents and my one of them has to start dating again <laughs> in their older age. I cannot let them get scammed like this because these people just throw away like a life. Like, it's always like the same kind of story. It's like Facebook Messenger or someone on Facebook and then it's just like you have an older person wiring them like $80,000 and liquidating their like savings. And you're just like, well, this is super depressing because there's nothing that can be done about it. But it's also like two, the other thing is depressing is like older people are lonely. Yeah. Really lonely. And uh, I, I listened to scam got us a lot. Lacey Mosley uh, host of that show was a guest on our pod and she's always telling listeners to like call your grandparents, check in on them because mm-hmm. scammers definitely are calling them and checking on them if you're not. So like that's, such an important thing to remember. But the thing that like really gets to me is thinking about this in the specifically gay context is like all of the older gays who don't have these family support systems possibly. Like they don't have these younger generations that are they're related to to like offer that support. And so like I just worry about them even more. Yeah. I mean I hope my nephew checks in on me. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's not gonna be anyone else. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be telling my my sister's kids <laughs> that they've got a job to do. I would just be like, just sign me out of my things, right? Like, at some point, just, like, sign me off of the internet. Let me just watch Golden Girls in my old age. Take me to, like, a little bar once in a while. Like, I don't need... Because <laughs> it is terrifying when you think about, like, what was what were the numbers you were quoting? Like, those were, like, in the billions. Like, it's not just, yeah. like... Like, people are making a killing off of this. And that's so insane. I mean, not that I would not that I would know anything about killings with our journalist salaries. Right. Alex, if only we had fewer scruples, <laughs> yes, we could get fewer. in on this. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, so these dangers don't just exist online. Uh, they are very real world dangers, too. Uh, something that I think would be important to talk about is the 
string of robberies and murders of gay men this past year in New York City. Right. Just this past weekend, my friend was like, yes, this happened to one of my friends at The Eagle, a bar in Chelsea that is very, very famous. And I wouldn't say that it's particularly any... I don't know. I wouldn't consider it like a violent or a place where people get robbed or people get their bank account strained. But like, I mean, isn't the whole scam, right, is... uh. It's someone gets super drunk, they slipped something, or someone in this case. There's this rash of gay men that um, basically they all, it's all a very similar story. It's like they go out, they're having a great time, they go home with a couple of strangers, maybe one stranger, maybe two strangers, and then sometimes they wake up and it's like all their bank accounts have been drained. And it's like they've been all Venmoed out or Zelled out. And then in a, a couple of cases, I think there's been a couple like, Deaths? Murders? Homicides? There have been. Um, uh, Julio Ramirez and John Umberger are um, two gay men who were murdered last year by these uh, men committing these crimes. And uh, it's very sad and heartbreaking to lose them. And uh, especially because, like, these are all all bars that I'm so familiar with and that I know, like, all of my friends are so familiar with. And so I... It's terrifying to even think about, but also like, where else are we going to go? You know? Right. And it's, I think a little bit of it is just like you kind of, for me, I'm like, I want to know who's doing it. And it's just like, what are, is this just, is it just, is it a ring of people? Is it, cause it's, I don't, there's something kind of insidious about like, if this is gay men doing this to gay men, not that, not that it would be okay in any other instance or some kind, but like, it's like the whole idea of like, probably like, it's like, are we a community? Is this a, I can't believe that someone is doing this to our community. It hurts even more a little bit. If you if you if these perpetrators are gay men who are taking advantage of it. But I mean, the whole idea, and I was talking about this with someone else, um, what they're do or what's happening in New York City is isn't that different than what happened in Hustlers, right? Like in when um the famous <laughs> J-Lo movie that was based on a New York mag article of these exotic dancers who were drugging men and then uh, maxing out their credit cards, stealing stuff in their bank account, and then letting them go. And then being like, okay, well, we just we took all this money. And I think the whole idea there is that like they're both like inherently the same scam, but there's like something worse when the victims are... You're scamming up. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's like... I think in Hustlers, like I was just, I was like talking with my friend. I was just like, I don't know why this one feels so much worse. And I'm like, yes, obviously the body count and people are dying. And, but it's just like, there's something that feels so gross about this and what is happening to like gay men in the city. And it, and it's happening like weekend after weekend. Yeah. And I, I was reading one story that, uh, they quoted one of the men who uh, experienced this. And he said that he didn't even realize, like he didn't even think about that this could happen to men. That, like, he knows that women are, like, so aware of this. And that, like, it's not a thing that men necessarily even think of. Yeah. And it's, like, when we're talking about, like, what happened with, like, hustlers, right? Like, it was very much these people where the people they were targeting, they wouldn't be missing, like, $5,000. Like, it's a banker wouldn't be missing this. And it's just like, well, these are young gay men or some of them are there. They tend to be younger gay men. And it, and it's kind of like nuts that you have to think about that now when you go out and it's just like, well, you have to turn off your face ID because the whole idea is that you will get roofied. They will be able to open your bank account with your face ID, uh, 
then start sending out money to like your Venmo, like out of your Venmo, out of your Zells, out of all, out of everything. And then you're left with nothing left and no one's there to help you. I think one of the big stories of this, not unlike Hustlers, was that the police were reluctant to like the, yeah. in, the initial report that police were reluctant to uh, investigate this as some kind of like crime. They were like, oh, well, we don't know what really happened. We don't really know like where all this missing money is, or we don't know if this is a targeted thing. Police not wanting to look into gay men crimes? <laughs> what is this, American Horror Story NYC? I, I mean, all I, can, I, can, I laugh because it makes me so uncomfortable. To, like, that is my weird reaction. It just makes me so uncomfortable. It's the, you have to laugh or else you'll cry type of reaction is how I kind of feel about it. Of like, right. I, like, I, can't, I don't know how to process this otherwise. Like, I just have to laugh at the absurdity of like, what the fuck? Well, so. yeah, yeah. It's like 2023, right? And it's just like, well, I cannot, like, <laughs> despite the advances, it's like, I can't believe this is happening. And what makes me nervous and what makes me really, really scared is, are people hearing, like, how easy this is and, like, how, like, people, how easy it is to do this to someone and then getting ideas? And it's just like, was there just an initial round of this happening and then people started copycatting? Or is it just like... I don't know. Like, it, like, what is happening out there? It's so nuts. And are we giving people ideas by putting out this podcast? I hope not. No, do not do that. No one do that. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, please. Nobody take what we've said and actually do it. Yeah. I feel like I'm not doing enough justice of just how horrific this is. Like, it's just... It's so hard to get to wrap my head around and it just kind of can't... I kind of can't believe it's happening in our city. I, I think it's hard to do it justice because there isn't a way to do justice for it because it is so awful. So like I get it. And uh, right. I guess what we're saying is turn off your face ID and call your old gay friends. Yes. Turn off your face ID. Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so definitely subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions. Like, did I just get scammed? And you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. I See Why Am I is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online. Or on Scruff. Alex, I got to say, you didn't know you, you weren't even quoting the right prices. So how do you know they're not raising those prices on you without you looking? You know what? If, if they did that, Eric Adams would hear from me. Sorry, I said 250, <laughs> 275. 275 in fair evasion is not fine. There we go. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.